Hey everybody, welcome back to Choose Inclusion's uh, special segment, Black Voices Matter. Uh, we are here today with a, a really close friend who's become a, a really close friend over the last year, really. Um, we know each other through a group here in Denver called Elevate Change. And it's a group of leaders in the inclusion and diversity and belonging and equity space who really came together just to start helping each other <laughs> to do this, this, what we're trying to do, which it, it's funny. And we talked about this um, before the show, but how all of this is sort of coming back around now. Like it's, it's, it is this work that we're doing is vital. Um, as always, I'm joined by Nina and Mike. Hello team. Hey everyone. Hey, how's it going? And our special guest is Alicia Jessup inclusion and diversity manager at tech systems thank you so much for being here for for trusting us um for giving us you know your time for us to listen and learn how are you feeling right now how are you doing pues hola a todos i am so happy to be here connecting with all of you and i i mean it's it's reciprocal and just getting the time and the space with you all it's always refueling as far as how I'm feeling, much like probably all of you and anyone that's listening, I'm feeling a lot. I think for the first time ever, I've really learned and honored that it is possible to hold multiple emotions at once. It's quite possible for me to be cynical and also optimistic. It's quite possible for me to be sad and still energized at the same time. So just really taking a moment to honor that with how I'm feeling. I'm feeling like in moments that we're in, it's very important for me to be centering and protective of myself and of my energy. So I feel, and I'm feeling like there are little learning lessons for me that I think will prove to be very, very monumental as I continue to grow, especially at the professional angle and the work that they, I do. I'm feeling like all of this in the current state that we're in is showing me what matters most and that's connection with those that I care about most. Conversations like this, family, friends, people that I align with mentally. Um, and I'm feeling like I'm recognizing the optimistic tendencies that I have and that are needed for me to stay fueled and I'm being okay to still celebrate things and express joy. And I'm feeling sad because my favorite show Insecure had the season finale this past weekend and now I've got to find a new prize to keep me going each week. So that's, that's kind of how I'm feeling. <laughs> how about you all? <laughs> we'll have to, you know, that's, a, that's another topic. We should probably do a brainstorming session on uh, good shows to watch as like <laughs> the seasons end. And we know that since they're not doing any, like they're not recording and producing anything right now, who knows when the next seasons are coming out. I mean, can I just, can I just throw on the totally not necessarily related, but related to the show thing. I literally saw that Jeopardy has run out of pre-recorded episodes. No. Just, th I just throwing that out there, like Jeopardy. Anyway, not to steer us away, but wow. <laughs> okay, sorry, Nina. <laughs> no, that's fine, it's fine. Um, yeah, so Alicia, I gotta say, like, what, what do you see happening in, in companies right now? Like, what are you seeing 
happening in terms of like the response um, of kind of businesses and, and corporate America and what are your, what are your thoughts about the responses? Mm. I've had a lot of conversations around this and that's where I think my first choice of word with, with cynicism is met because I've talked more in my personal space from people just thinking, well, is this true? Is this authentic? Is this being performative? And the fact of the matter is regardless of what it is, it's a reaction. And I think that reaction is going to spark something that I believe a group and a significant amount of the population will not let go. I, I don't think we're going to be met with companies that ultimately let this simmer. Do I think the pace might slow down? Sure, because I mean, the media dictates our narrative and where our head goes from a viewer and consumer standpoint that inevitably that will shift and shape a little bit. But moreover, I feel that we are at a point now where people are paying attention are not going to let this go. And what I mean by let go is that there are inequities in the systems in which we're all operating in. So I've witnessed, regardless of what organizations, especially at the corporate level are posting and putting out there, that there are what I think to be more important conversations happening within their own internal walls and their own organizations. When, when all this started, like when, well, I, I guess that's not a really a good way to put it because we've been talking about this a lot, like, you know, yeah. the, this has been going on for 300 years or whatever, right? Like since the beginning. And what, what well, I, I don't know, what's your perspective? Like when, when people seem to be surprised or are people surprised? I don't know. Like what kind of reactions are you seeing? What do you, what do you mean? Like people that are maybe so upset, because I've gotten a lot of messages from people that are just so overwhelmed and so emotional at just at disbelief at everything that's happening. And most recently with like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, is that what you are re referring to? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Like I, you know, it's just like, and it, this, it speaks a little bit to the, you know, history and, and our education system and understanding what's really been happening and, and just yes. the, the, how systemic all of this is. Like, what, mm. what are the, the gamut of, uh, of emotions from disbelief to guilt? I don't know, like there's so many, but I, I guess for me, it's, it's, the, it's those people who, are, who just don't, don't believe it or don't, I don't know, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, how I see it is James Baldwin, right? Quoted that to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in a rage almost all of the time. Someone described it that it seems like they feel like America has had, like they're coming to and awakening to a lot of the systemic oppressions and equities and just blatant racism that is in our nation. And we're now starting to see that by way of how angry and how outraged people are. And, you know, like you said, this has been going on for hundreds of years, way before my lifetime. And I also hold the belief that this will probably continue way beyond my lifetime. But 
people are outraged and levels that I've never witnessed before. And so I just hope that this spark of outrage continues to spark active dialogue, which will then lead to active change. What do you want to see people doing? Like when you, when people come up to you and they're like, oh, I can't believe this is happening or, you know, like whatever emotion, like whatever emotions they share, you know, I'm sure a lot of folks are kind of coming to you and like, what can I do? Like, what do you okay. tell the folks that are coming to you and saying? How, how are you all answering that question? Because I have thoughts <laughs> and that is so overwhelming to me. So actually, let me take my own notes. How are you all responding to that? Because I can only imagine your inboxes right now. Oh man, UB, you start. I, yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I, you know, it, it's... It's really just, I, I am, it's really the question, the first question is what the hell am I supposed to do? Like, what, what can we do? You know what I mean? Like, that's really been, I think the biggest question, especially a lot of leaders who we've been working with either now or in the past who, you know, this is, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing leaders actually step in and, and help, help lead, starting to help lead the, the inclusion and diversity function within a company now like taking over all efforts because, you know, it, it's, it is that freaking important now. Like they know it, like there's no, it's almost like a, it's an either or situation in a lot of opinions, right? Like either you're going to do something or you're not. And if you don't, well, <laughs> good luck. Um, yeah. But I, I, that's been, I think the biggest, the, the biggest one is uh, at, at I guess they're, they are taking action in the fact that they're reaching out and saying and asking that question, like, what can we do? Yeah. Yeah. And, with, you know, with, yeah. I think they're, you're right. And I think with the people that are reaching out, what can we do? The, the days that I feel overwhelmed, it's like, okay, Alicia, like slow down a little bit because you do have to meet that with some level of compassion, right? I get, you know, with the James Baldwin quote and the thought of the, the, the America, coming to almost and the sense of rage that I felt individually as who I am it's easy to look at that and say what do you mean what do you do like go off and figure it out like what are you talking about what do I look like answering that first of all I'm trying to figure it out for myself but what once I, I've gotten better at actively suppressing that and actively suppressing that comment with that type of response because that's not quite fair and I am in this space as a professional right a, a, an inclusion and diversity um, practitioner and so right. I think the biggest piece that when I'm always met with that is just like what from the individual standpoint can we do because people feel overwhelmed people feel heightened emotion because the thought of defeating systemic inequity in our country is extremely overwhelming again there's no guidebook for this dr nita mosby tyler was the first person i've ever heard that from and i believe that and witness that every single day so versus firing excuse me firing off a ton of responses of where you can go which organizations what books to read what research it really is a self question and we had this come up in our 
organization at work recently because the last two weeks I have been met with the buzzword now of action. Everybody has a bias for action. Everybody wants to do something. What do I do? What should I do? I think this, what are your thoughts? And it started to really make me feel overwhelmed. And so I had to sit there for a second and sift through that to get to the bulk of the reason of to why. And it was for me because we weren't pointing in the same direction. In fact, we didn't really even have the same understanding of what quote action is and was at the time. And so I thought through it a little bit longer and versus, you know, trying to give some sort of resource guide or listicle of where I thought people could go or what people could do. I simply started to, you know, respond to the question with the question and it became a list of things that people could start to answer. And the first is just breaking down definitions. When you think of diversity, what does that mean to you as an individual? And then furthermore, what can you be doing to drive diversity and focus on diversity? Same thing with equity. What can you as an individual be doing to be more equitable? And same thing with inclusion. What can you be doing to be more inclusive? And once you first define those for yourselves and then match that with where you think you can go, those are the steps we need to be taking. And that's an individual journey. And I know that that is daunting for some because it's lonely and it might be unfamiliar, but that's the territory we need to head to, in my opinion. That's well, it, I love, I yeah. love how you answer the question with a question that forces people to actually think instead of like putting the burden on you to come up with the answers because you're so right. When you asked me like, oh, what are you telling people? And I'm like, well, what I tell people changes on a day-to-day basis based on where I'm at. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and right. You know, like today I'm like, oh, why is everyone, you know, focusing so much on Trump? Like, yeah, he definitely has an impact on the Overton window, but like 46 states, the sheriff is an elected official. Like, why is no one talking about the fact that we're electing law enforcement and not talking about doing that? Like, shouldn't that be the main focus, given that everyone's talking about like defunding the police and stuff? Mm -hmm. Total side note, but like, I, I really enjoy, I really appreciate the fact that like, you're challenging them to come up with a solution because you're right. It's like, it's not a bandaid. It's not just like, you know, donate to this organization and now you're good. Cause like these organizations always get influxes of money but that doesn't mean that they are able to use it in a way that will create the systemic change. It just means they got an influx of money in a short period of time. Um, and that's not the same thing well, as climate changes. And the, and the irony is that the, the irony and, and um, my friend Kayla brought this up. The irony is that you now have people reaching out to the black community to say, help me, help me not be racist against your community. Right? Like right. it's a little ironic. Like how like that that just sort of I when I first heard that, I'm like, holy shit, you're absolutely right. Like, who are we? Like, how dare we reach out to the very people that as America we have always pushed and dehumanized down to the lowest levels. And here we are now turning around going, hey, how, how can you help me not be so racist against you? L- I don't get o- it. Ubi, I, see, this is why I just love connecting with you all. Leave it to you to just like call it out for what it is. Yes, that's exactly how I feel half the time. I'm like, this is just, 
is this a is this a soap is this a tv show like this is just too ironic sometimes Seriously. for my own good and i tongue in cheek sometimes i want to have those responses but it does take a moment of that compassion finding that compassionate center right and meeting them where they're at and i i feel like i am to some degree, I don't know if lucky is the right word, maybe condition, because that was my entire experience growing up in rural small town Iowa, where nobody looked like me. And just being the, the terms from a number standpoint, I was the one who had to meet people where they were at. So I've got a lot of practice and experience, which I know has then crafted and shaped me into the role that I'm in today as a diversity and inclusion practitioner. So it, it's, it's as simple as that. But I mean, to put it candid and frank with you all I, I don't care if someone chooses to watch this you know just mercy over whatever other movie like that to me is not the point I think the point is what are you doing to sit with your individual self and identity and understanding the role you play whether you realize it or not in this greater system of the world in which we live in and if it takes you you know reading Robin D'Angelo's white fragility to help you navigate that then Kudos. Love that for you. Alicia, I, I, I appreciate that. And I definitely think there's a uh, personal journey for everybody. I've uh, been delving into a book called Me and White Supremacy, um, which has a 28-day challenge of uh, different topics from white fragility to uh, microaggressions and so on and so forth. And every day, you're, you know, asking yourself, it's a personal journey. However, however, from a business perspective, right? Like you're, you're paid to do X and that X is many times come up with a roadmap. Mm -hmm. And so the roadmap is to, yes. And maybe there's a component of that where you're challenging individuals on their journey. However, from an organization perspective, you still have to create a roadmap for everybody to get moving in the right direction or in the same direction. So um, I'd be curious on some of your uh, some of your roadmap items for your organization. Yeah, Mike, that's a great question. And I would welcome collaboration too on that, on what you all are hearing and seeing just to continue swapping notes. That's one thing I always appreciate about our space is that competitive nature just never seems to be there in the sense of, well, I'm not going to tell you our DEI plans because I don't want your company to like, no, that's all out the window. I would say the first piece was back when I shared around the individual piece. And I really want to emphasize that because it's individuals that make up the collective of an organization. So that's actually been the part two of a greater conversation that we've been having at our organization. The first one was just open dialogue. So a week after George Floyd, almost every office in our company came together to just have a very candid, open, raw conversation on how people are feeling. And I don't know if you all got the chance to check out the article I, I just put out on Medium. And I say that kind of awkwardly because I really just threw it all out there. And that was the first thing I encouraged leaders in the tech sector, particularly white leaders, because that makes up the majority of leadership in tech to do. This just to simply hold space, hold space for your people and actively engage with how they're feeling and understand that. And then from there, they took that into this next round of questions that 
understanding individually with the example of equity. What, what can I do to be more equitable than at the office level? What can our office do to be more equitable? And then at the organizational level, what can our organization do to be more equitable? Same thing for diversity, same thing for inclusion. And they are talking through that, that conversation. And that is going to then bring us up to we're calling it a journey towards understanding. I, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we're, we're figuring out the language still, but the whole point of that is to have hold intentional space recurringly, if that's the right suffix, for us to come together as an organization and engage in some of this dialogue around systemic inequity. Because again, I believe that to be the nucleus of what we're talking about when we say you know, things like diversity and things of inclusion. We are ultimately trying to get to more equitable organizational place. So that's one angle of how we're, of our roadmap is just dialogue. Turning it a little bit now in parallel with action is some unconscious bias training that we're doing. I don't know if you all are familiar since I, I know obviously with breaking the bias, but of um, the Neural Leadership Institute, that's who we partnered with. Yeah. To- yeah, that's who we partnered with to drive us through our unconscious bias training. So we're putting uh, like a little less than a thousand people in that training for this next wave um, for the unconscious bias. And then the other piece of our strategy that I am I have a, a bigger hand in helping with is through our employee resource groups. I think now more than ever, if anyone is listening and you're part of an organization that does not have a business resource group or an employee resource group, please reach out to me and let's figure out how to start that framework because that will be, in my belief, the vehicle that keeps this engine, or excuse me, the vehicle that keeps this momentum going. Because at the end of the day, speaking for myself as one practitioner out of an employee base of roughly 5,000, it won't be sustainable if it's all on the shoulders of this 28-year-old young professional that's trying to figure out their own life, right? It's going to be much more sustainable and much more long-lived and much more impactful, quite frankly, if we've got other people that have a hand in this. And I think ERGs are a great way to do that. Yeah, amen to that. I completely agree. That that's the thing, you know. It's it's it, it is incumbent upon every single person. It it's I you know I love your point in in your medium article. Uh, you know, focused on these white male leaders, the majority of leaders in, in these companies across the U.S. who, um, you know, and you sort of outline and, and hold space, give other people a chance to be heard. Right. That's that's they all want to be heard. On the flip side of that, yeah, it, it's how can you set them up to be heard? How can you set them up to speak and uh, and be able to feel like they're actually contributing to making a difference? And ERGs are a great way to do that. You know, it, it's I, I your so your background is you're you're black and Latina, right? Yeah, uh, black and Mexican. And Mexican, what I what like what is that intersection like for you in all of this? Um, it, it, what I don't know. How does that impact what you're going, what, what you're feeling, what you're going through? I have a lot of thoughts on the intersectionality component of that. Here's the thing. I, I follow a lot of progressive social media. So I know a lot of what I'm actively seeing is because of what I'm choosing to see. And it is a lot of coming together. And I really think 
that we're at such an interesting times within our communities. And I felt this experience a lot just personally being in Denver, right? I, 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 as soon as I graduated from university, I moved straight to Denver from Iowa. And that was always one of my biggest and still is qualms to this date is I remember specifically one night having to leave the Colorado Black Women for Political Action meeting early so I could head to another event or activity that was like catered to towards the Hispanic Latino community and just thinking to myself why like I get there is affinity and there are specific moments where we need to have space for our specific groups but there is power in numbers and I just hope that this is a good opportunity for us to band together as a collective as brown and black underrepresented untapped whatever way we want to describe it non-white really um under the lens of race, which is why I'm even like struggling to say it from a race standpoint, but to, to work with one another and come together as collectives and unite. So I don't know. I think that to me is where my biggest heartache has been, but it has been really beautiful on the flip side, seeing organizations and groups that have been like, hey, from a racial standpoint, there is so much colorism within our communities. There is so much anti-Blackness that we need to start calling out, right? Like, why is it every time that I click through Univision, like I see nobody that looks like me, not even on commercials. Why is it that some of my favorite reggaeton artists, anytime I look at their music, videos, which is very often because I love that genre of music, there's nobody in those music videos, you know what I mean? So I think it, we're just hitting a moment now where I hope people start to have a heightened sense of awareness in this coming to that we're all experiencing. Lisa, what do you think the future holds for us? I mean, you know, you've, you've laid out some action plans, you've laid out kind of the emotional state of where people are coming to you at. I mean, how do you think we can make sure that this doesn't just become another fleeting, you know, meme in a way and into something that's like sustainable and systemic? The future, wow. You know what, you know what I hope to be very candid as always is that I hope we're starting to sniff, sniff out now mediocrity within our leaderships. So if I'm speaking specifically at an organizational level because sometimes it's easier to wrap my mind around that, I hope moving forward, we just do not allow for any type of mediocrity, whether it be through our emotional capabilities and leadership, how we're managing our teams, even like the roadmaps Mike was asking about, myself included, I think before that has been able to get separated when we think about how race and politics infuse into our workplace because it was simply deemed as inappropriate. It's not inappropriate. Our organizations are innately political. Our organizations are innately bureaucratic. And there is systemic inequity within that, whether or not we're paying attention to that. I think we are opening the floodgates to say, hey, if we're gonna preach work-life integration, we better also include some of these aspects that before have been really difficult for us to manage through. Now, I'm not saying there's things on my end as a practitioner to Mike's comment earlier about the roadmap that I can help put into play, but my job is simply to put in the guardrails, right? Because at the end of the day, thinking back to how it's the individuals that band together and a collective, either through an organization in which we're all working in or at a community level, 
it's that that work, the actual walking forward foot soldiering is going to be done at the individual. I simply can just provide the resources, the tools and the guidelines. I guess another thing to point out in terms of roadmap that we're working on that makes us a little bit more vulnerable, but I love that we're doing that. And I love that we're being honest is we had one of our most senior leaders share the other day that some of our most vulnerable populations is our black women at my organization. I have never heard of that. I've never heard that call out my all four and a half coming up on five years at my organization. So to hear that from one of our most senior leaders and say that is not okay to me is an amazing sign. And I think that could be a really great step when I think about what other organizations can be doing from a roadmap, road mapping standpoint is if we know a rising tide will lift all ships, then focus on the tide that needs it the most because then inevitably you'll help all populations, all demographics of your organization. So to know that we have a heck of a time retaining black women at my technology organization and that's where we're going to focus, I can only assume just based on the inputs of that, that we will rise and lift the ships that are also in our organization. I'm so bad at analogy. Sometimes it just like- No, actually, this is actually uh, a really good analogy. I, I, I 100% understand what you're saying. Oh, that, no, yeah, totally good. That was amazing. I, cause I, I would, I, I think that's um, how Mike, uh, looks at, at sort of um, people with disabilities, right? If by, you know, by helping these organizations create an inclusive place for blind and visually impaired people, you actually end up building a, a place for where everybody feels like they belong. So mm -hmm. to your point, you know, and, and, and I hadn't thought about that. What a great, great perspective. And what a great point. It's like, focusing on one particular group is not just focusing on one particular group. It's actually focusing and helping to create a better place for everybody. I really, I love that analogy. Yeah. And it's not just one specific group. Like it's specifically the most marginalized. It's yeah. like you focus on the most marginalized people. You start lifting the tides for everyone. That's not the right analogy, but what Alicia said, the, the analogy you start making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh that's incredible i i um awesome uh, alicia this has been wonderful like I, I keep saying every time every every black voice we listen to uh, i'm learning something new and just keep expanding my stained glass view of this um and, and getting all these amazing different lenses and perspectives so Thank you for that. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your uh, vulnerability, your honesty. Um, I'm glad you're doing well. If you ever need anything, let us know. We're here. Yeah, so thank absolutely. You. Vice versa. Thank you all for holding the space for me to come through and just share a little bit about my journey and what I'm doing from my vantage point. It means the world. Always. Thank you very Always. much. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Uh, keep tuning in. We're um, going to keep bringing you these amazing Black voices um, until things change. So tune in at chooseinclusion.com. Nina and Mike, as always, thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you. Adios.
Tchau.